And this week's parsha, we find a very interesting halacha. The Torah says, if someone lends money to a poor person, he can take some of his possessions as security against the loan. However, says the Torah, this is not a simple process. There's an important caveat. If you're holding on to your borrower's work tools as collateral, you must return it to him in the morning so that he can use them to earn a living. If you're holding on to his sleep gear, you must return it to him in the evening. The Pasuk says, He won't have what to cover himself with. It will be when he screams out to me that he's cold, he's impoverished. I will listen. Because I'm compassionate. So I'd like to share with you a Katsoisachoshin and a fascinating interpretation from the Yohula Pian on this Katsois. I know what you're thinking. Katsois, that's not a Drush Sefer. It's a deep analytical Sefer on Choshim Mishpat. There are no Hamalis in the Katsois. Nevertheless, there's one time in the entire Sefer where he quotes the Zoyer, and it is by this halacha. The Katsois says something very interesting. If Reuven borrows money from Shimon, and Shimon happens to be a shoimer, a custodian for Reuven. Let's say Reuven and Shimon are neighbors. Reuven wants to go on vacation. He tells Shimon, I don't want to take along my wife's diamond ring, and I'm afraid to keep it in the house. Please guard this ring for me. And then he tells him, by the way, I'm a little short on cash. Please lend me $5,000. A few weeks later, Reuven comes back from his vacation and Shimon asks him to pay up the loan. Reuven says, I don't have the money. Shimon thinks, great, I have that diamond ring. I'll keep it in lieu of payment for the loan. So here's where the Ketsois quotes the Zoyar. The Zoyar says that even though legally the lender may keep the deposit, morally they should not do so. But why not? If the borrower doesn't pay, the lender is halachically entitled to the item. So why can't he keep the deposit to satisfy the loan? So Rabbi offers a very powerful insight. He says, The Rabbi Shlolem gave each and every one of us a very precious item to guard, our neshama. We say every morning, The Rabbi Shlolem gave us a pure neshama. We are tasked to guard our neshama, not to soil it or to blemish it in any way. Every single night when we go to sleep, Hashem takes back that neshama. And Baroi Vrachmov, because He's kind and merciful, every single morning He returns it back to us. And when we wake up, we say, I thank you, Hashem, for returning my soul with compassion. Says Rabbi Yehulapian, We all have big debts that we owe Hashem. We don't always behave properly. We all owe the Rabbani Shlodim big time. Nevertheless, day after day, He keeps extending our credit. He keeps on returning our soul. One morning Hashem can say, Listen here, you racked up a big bill, you went over your credit limit, pay up. You can't pay, you don't have the merits. I have this deposit of yours, I have your soul here. I'll keep it in lieu of you paying your debt to me. However, the Rabbi Shalom is sympathetic and compassionate, and he doesn't do that. He keeps on returning our soul every morning. Says Rabbi Yolapian, this is the interpretation of the Zayar. Even though we are halachically permitted to keep the deposit, but if someone will stand on his principles and withhold the deposit, it's conceivable that the Rabbi Shalom will also stand on his rights. And one morning he could say, you know what? 
I'm sick and tired of you not paying up. I'm going to keep your neshama that I have on deposit. The way we treat others is the way the Rebbeinish Lolem will treat us. There's an amazing story told about Rabbi Avram Yafan, one of the great rabbinic personalities of the past generation. He was a son-in-law of the Altar of Navardic. In the late 1950s, when his granddaughter got married, he was tasked with arranging all the details of the wedding ceremony. Virtually all the top Rashi yeshivas of that era attended the wedding. It was not easy to pick who would have each of the various honors by the chuppah. All the guests were very curious to see who among all the distinguished Rabbanim would be getting each of the brachas. When it came down to it, one of the brachas was given to a Rav who no one recognized. He was not from the Chassan side or from the Kala side. Everyone wanted to know, who is this man? After the chuppah, people went over to Rabbi Afan and asked him, why are you giving such great honor to this Yid? And he would not divulge why. He said, I have my reasons. In 1970, after Rabbi Afan passed away, this incredible story came to light. This Yid was a Rav in a small shul in the Bronx. One day, he called up Rabbi Afan and invited him to his daughter's wedding. Rabbi Afan had no clue who this Rav was. He was a very busy man, and he was hesitant to accept the invitation. But this Rav was insistent. He begged and pleaded with him to please come to the wedding. And Rabbi Afan finally agreed to go to the wedding. Rabbi Afan didn't have a car. He expected that this Rav, who was so adamant that he attend, would provide him with a ride to the wedding. On the day of the wedding, he still did not hear from the Rav about arrangements to the hall. Rabbi Afan and his Rebetzin had no choice and they took a subway and a bus to get to the wedding. After two hours of travel, he sat down at the chuppah waiting for his name to be called. But he received absolutely no kibbit. After the chuppah, his wife was livid. She tells him, we don't know these people. He begs us to come. He doesn't provide transportation. We had to schlep on a train and a bus to get here. And on top of it all, he doesn't even give you a kibbutz. Let's leave right now. Rabbi Afan tells his wife, we already made the effort to get here. Let's stay a little longer. I'll dance with the chasen and then we'll leave. And that's what they did. 20 years later, when Rabbi Afan made a wedding for his granddaughter, he went out of his way to give a kibbutz under the chuppah to this Rav from the Bronx. Why? He was practicing the Nervardic philosophy that he had been raised on. Tachas hakpada hatava. In place of resentment, one should bestow honor. When someone slights you, your reaction should be to do them a favor. Take the high road. Go above and beyond the letter of the law. And this is the idea of the Zahar. Despite the fact that you have the right to keep your neighbor's pakadon that he owes you, and he's negligent in his payment, go lefnim sadin and don't do it. Give him back his collateral. And this will be a great schus for you. And mida keneged mida. Hashem will also go lefnim sadin and will treat you in the same generous fashion. And now, we know. Have a wonderful Shabbos.